Lord be with you and also with you. Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, King of kings and Lord of lords. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this Christ the King Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, and when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Please note on our website the particular programs, educational offerings, and forms of personal and pastoral support available this week, and especially our Advent 2020 daily devotional. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
may we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We have come to this moment in our service as we begin each Lord's Day in worship with a moment of confession and of contrition and of lament and individual prayer, recognizing our frailty and our mortality. We have a wonderful guide in St. Augustine, Augustine of Hippo, whose confessions are there and for us as a guide to confession. He wrote, among many other things, prayers, all prayers, include the desire to reach you, almighty God. Prayers, all prayers, include the desire to reach you, almighty God. As we bow in confession and prayer, we await the choir as it guides us in the singing of our traditional Kyrie. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy upon us. God, but for thy grace we would not be, but for thy grace we could not love, and but for thy grace we should not speak, but by thy grace we live and love and speak. Hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the prophet Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 through 16, and 20 through 24. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the people's and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, 
and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be their shepherd of, their, of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder, and butted at all the weak animals with your horns, until you scatter them far and wide, I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is, what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glory's inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the work of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ, and he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and has made him the head of over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading Psalm 100 with the Antiphon. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel and the singing of the Gloria Patri.
the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord, <clears throat> praise to you, Lord Christ.
May we be blessed with liberal helpings of grace, gratitude, and generosity, both to receive and to give in this singular season. <clears throat> May we be blessed with a liberal helping of grace in this season of needed grace. We hear in Matthew 25 today a ringing valediction, a ringing acclamation of grace. Although it is found in no other gospel, we feel and sense today's parable as the very word of the Lord pronounced in full in an unmediated way. We are haunted by it. As you have done it to the least, you have done it to me. As you have done it to the least, you have done it to me. A last word, a valediction, a last will and testament, sure, unshakable, and downright clear. We are still rightly measured by the way we treat those at the dawn of, the, uh, the, the dawn of life, those at the twilight of life, and those in the shadows of life. As you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. A valediction, a last word, carries an acute power. In a way, the Bible is a long chain of valedictions. Jacob, Moses, Elijah, David, Job, Jesus, Peter, Paul. Especially read again the second half of the Gospel of John, a wondrous, fulsome valediction. One type of valediction is a concession it is a grace to concede at the end of a contest or race or election. There is a powerful poignancy of a particular kind, a riveting poignancy in a concession rightly rendered. It has a power like no other. For all the joy one finds in acceptance and celebration at victory, there is a deeper reach in the concession. We think of Abraham Lincoln after a loss saying he was like a boy who stumbled and found he was too hurt to laugh and too old to cry. Adlai Stevenson quoted him a century later. There is a kind of courageous offering on the part of those who will stand and offer themselves, who then are defeated or rejected, and then have the grace to step forward and offer support to their opponent for the greater good. We could use such a liberal helping of grace today. In our Methodist tradition, at the election of general superintendents, the grace of acceptance is often surpassed by the grace in concession. It takes more courage, more grace to concede in defeat than to accept in victory, a liberal helping of grace. Another type of valediction is a farewell, perhaps at retirement, what kept me going to our denominational annual meetings as the years progressed was the chance to listen to the soon-to-be-retired superannuated clergy reflecting in five minutes on 50 years of travel, labor, and discipline. They were the truest words, many joyful, some somber, of the conference gathering each year. Or think of university life as students graduate on the one hand and as faculty and staff step down on the other. This university, it should be said, thanks to the offices of president and provost, has lived a proud commitment to these moments. What you say at the end in leave-taking has a lasting power. In ministry, the way you leave is the most important thing you do. I suspect the same could be said for other professions, other callings. 
Another type of valediction comes at the point of change, of separation. In one setting, as we prepared to itinerate from one pulpit to another, the children of the church were guided to offer their own shared valediction during a children's moment. They were encouraged to say two things, thank you and goodbye. Yet another mode of valediction comes at the grave. Here the life, not the voice, speaks, or others give voice to the life now departed, dearly departed. We shall struggle in COVID time and following COVID time to match these moments aright. We have not been able, 250,000 deaths later, fully, fully to validate in valediction the lives of our dearest loved ones and the lives of others in our communities. We shall need to find other and further ways to do so into the unforeseen future. It is a heap of work, necessary and good work, that lies ahead. With grace, Matthew concludes his gospel in words that ring surely and true of Jesus. Now, as you have come to see and perhaps dislike or regret, Matthew cloaks his teachings, including the last judgment, hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, imprisoned, in apocalyptic garb, son of man, angels, sheep and goats, glory, eternal punishment, eternal life, though not as harshly here as in some of our parables earlier this fall. Many, including beloved Rudolf Boltmann, found apocalyptic language and imagery entirely useless, the husk of antiquity shrouding the kernel of truth. Yet, even the apocalyptic dress has something for us which today, late autumn 2020, we may be ready in part to receive. Apocalyptic faces squarely the unyielding powers around every individual, the principalities and the powers, the powers that be, and admits the ravenous darkness therein, technology, weaponry, plague, resentment. Apocalyptic faces squarely the transience of life, the brevity and difficulty embedded in even the best of life, the fragility of inherited norms, the fragility of venerable institutions, the fragility of acculturated kindnesses taken for granted. Apocalyptic, ever consolation literature fore and aft, keeps an eye on the far horizon, the freedom beyond fragility, and the promise of a new heaven and a new earth, freedom for lives and communities redolent with gratitude and grace and generosity. We hear today in St. Matthew 25 the gospel valediction, the gospel in gracious valediction. May we be blessed with a liberal helping of grace in this season of needed grace. May we be blessed with a liberal helping of gratitude in this season of gratitude. Let us be mindful this Thanksgiving of gratitude, as was Howard Thurman, who was 100 years ahead of his time 50 years ago, so he's still 50 years ahead of us. As is our long custom here at Marsh Chapel on this Sunday, we remember his poem, his hymn to generosity. He wrote, Today I make my sacrament of thanksgiving. I begin with the simple things of my days, fresh air to breathe, cool water to drink, 
the taste of food, the protection of houses and clothes, the comforts of home. For all these I make an act of thanksgiving this day. I bring to mind all the warmth of humankind that I have known, my mother's arms, the strength of my father, the playmates of my childhood, the wonderful stories brought to me from the lives of many who talked of days gone by when fairies and giants and all kinds of magic held sway. The tears I have shed, the tears I have seen, the excitement of laughter and the twinkle in the eye with its reminder that life is good. For all these I make an act of thanksgiving this day. I finger one by one the messages of hope that awaited me at the crossroads, the smile of approval from those who held in their hands the reins of my security, the tightening of the grip and a simple handshake when I feared the step before me in darkness, the whisper in my heart when the temptation was fiercest and the claims of appetite were not to be denied, the crucial words said, the simple sentence from an open page when my decision hung in the balance. For all these I make an act of thanksgiving this day. I pass before me the main springs of my heritage, the fruits of labors of countless generations who lived before me, without whom my own life would have no meaning, the seers who saw visions and dreamed dreams, the prophets who sensed a truth greater than the mind could grasp, and whose words would only find fulfillment in the years which they would never see, the workers whose sweat has watered the trees, the leaves of which are for the healing of the nations, the pilgrims who set their sails for lands beyond all horizons, whose courage made paths into new worlds and far-off places, the saviors whose blood was shed with a recklessness that only a dream could inspire and God could command. For all this, I make an act of thanksgiving this day. I linger over the meaning of my own life and the commitment to which I give the loyalty of my heart and mind, the little purposes in which I have shared my loves, my desires, my gifts, the restlessness which bottoms all I do with its stark insistence that I have never done my best, I have never dared to reach for the highest, the big hope that never quite deserts me, that I and my kind will study war no more, that love and tenderness and all the inner graces of almighty affection will cover the life of the children of God as the waters cover the sea. All these and more than mind can think and heart can feel, I make as my sacrament of thanksgiving to thee, our Father, in humbleness of mind and simplicity of heart. May we be blessed with a liberal helping of gratitude in this season of gratitude. May we be blessed with a liberal helping of generosity in this season of needed generosity, as you have done it to the least of these. <clears throat> Today, as a nation, we yet await a full, national, coordinated, generous response to the pandemic, as in, here is what we are facing, here is what we have done, here is what we need to do, here is the probable duration of our efforts, here are the greatest risks, here is what you can do, cleanliness, distance, testing, tracing masks. And one more thing, this will take a long time and will be very hard, but together we can and we will meet the challenge. Together we can do this. 
To do so, we will need the grace of honesty confronting loss. We have a checkered history here. There have been 200,000 opioid-related deaths since OxyContin was approved in 1995, for, inst for instance. The number of U.S. children without health insurance rose by more than 400,000 between 2016 and 2018, for instance. Think about that. Doctor visits, annual physical, sick care, dental care, all. And now 250,000 dead in this COVID coronavirus time. Of course, in plague, we think of Albert Camus. We will need his honesty. Plague or no plague, there is always, as it were, the plague, if what we mean by that is a susceptibility to sudden death, an event that can render our lives instantaneously meaningless. This is what Camus meant by the absurdity of life. Recognizing this absurdity should lead us not to despair, but to a tragic comic redemption, a softening of the heart, a turning away from judgment and moralizing to joy and gratitude, Alain de Botton. A liberal helping of such, such honesty will turn us toward generosity. To do so, we will need a liberal helping of balanced liberalism, a recollection that the invisible hand of the market requires the visible hand of the government to regulate its inevitable excesses. Further, we shall require an educated citizenry fluent in a wise and universal liberalism. This liberalism will neither play down nor fetishize identity grievances, but look instead for a common and generous language to build on, on who we are more broadly, and to conceive more boldly what we might be able to accomplish in concert. To and for the support of this liberal balance, the maintenance of a liberal balance, have been devoted the Marsh Pulpit Sermons in series August to November. They in one sense have been simply an interpretation of the gospel devoted to the reclamation and rehabilitation of a single word in spoken English, a word as both adjective and noun, the word liberal. And when did we see thee? Hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, imprisoned, as you have done it to the least of these. As Mark Twain put it, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that worry me, it's the parts I do understand. I come back again to the witness and voice of James Allen McPherson. Each United States citizen would attempt to approximate the ideals of the nation beyond at least conversant terms with all its diversity, carry the mainstream of the culture inside himself. As an American, by trying to wear these clothes, he would be a synthesis of high and low, black and white, city and country, provincial and universal. If he could live with these contradictions, he would be simply a representative American. I believe if, that if one can experience this diversity, touch a variety of its people, laugh at its craziness, distill wisdom from its tragedies, and attempt to synthesize all this inside oneself without going crazy, one will have earned the right to call oneself a citizen of the United States. It will take a liberal helping of generosity, given and received, to live 
the contradictions without going crazy. We can do so. Together, we can do so. You can do so, too. As you have done it to the least of these. This week, our friend Tom Fiedler, former BU School of Communications Dean, spoke on Boston Television and wrote for the Charlotte Observer about a new struggle emerging in evangelical Christianity. The struggle over power versus generosity, seen an example through the bitter conflict within the Billy Graham family. He quotes Graham's daughter, Jerusha. I have spoken out as much as I have because I feel that some of these evangelical leaders are tarring Christianity with shame, she said, in a pointed reference to her uncle. People who don't know Jesus are, being, are not being introduced by the leadership to the Jesus I know. And she said she is confident that her positions on such issues as gay rights, the treatment of refugees, and respect for the most marginalized are those that not only resonate with the future generation, but align with those of her grandfather. And when did we see thee, hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, imprisoned? May we be blessed with a liberal helping of generosity in this season of generosity. Grace, gratitude, generosity. Grace, gratitude, generosity. May our Thanksgiving tables be fully laden with liberal helpings of all three. Amen. Great art thou, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. Great is thy power, and thy wisdom is infinite. Thee would we praise without ceasing, for our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. O Lord, accept our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world, and for the wonder of life, and for the mystery of love. We thank you for the blessing of family and friends and for the loving care which surrounds us on every side. We thank you for setting us at tasks which demand our best efforts and for leading us to accomplishments which satisfy and delight us. We thank you also for those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Above all, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word and the example of his life, for his steadfast obedience by which he overcame temptation, for his dying through which he overcame death, and for his rising to life again, in which we are raised to the life of your kingdom. Grant us, we pray, the gift of your spirit, that we may know him and make him known, and through him at all times and in all places, may give thanks to you in all things. And as we have been taught to pray, our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.
Almighty and ever-present God, who acts through all aspects of our life, bless these gifts and givers, we pray in the name of Jesus, your Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. 